All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Fight, liberty, and the If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. The Big Mac. Good morning, and welcome back to The Big MIG Show. I am your host, Lance Miliaccio, and as always, the ever-vigilant, hard-working George Ballantine, grinding it out as usual, pre-show. Special edition today, as you know, we have a special guest, Brandon Gill. Tip of the spear, you know, we always try to bring you the right guests and the people that we support that will hopefully change the, uh, the momentum and what's going on in D.C., because i got to tell you, it's ugly. Uh, educating and unifying the country one episode at a time. You know that's our plan. We always want to make sure that you guys get the real information, the real interviews, uh, no mainstream media BS here on that show. And uh, we just want to tell you that, th once again, it's another one of those shows today. Iowa Caucus, George, big yeah. win for us. Uh, yeah. And, and historical numbers, right? Historical numbers, over 50%. I mean... Listen, he did, uh, I think it was 10 points better than 2000, the last time around, I believe it was. At least Man. 10 points higher. You know, and you, what's and, interesting. And you, have, you had a bigger bigger um, crowd back then, too. So, Well, what's interesting is Roger Stone said that nobody has ever won the Iowa caucus. And if anybody knows, we know that Roger, friend of ours, we know that he knows the numbers. He's, that's because of one of his areas of expertise. He said nobody's ever won it by more than a 12% margin. So these are some massive numbers uh, that that really were put down at the Iowa caucus. Uh, looking at, I think Trump ended up with 52 percent. I think if that number is correct, that was last night. So I could be a little bit off. But listen, before we swing into the show, I want to thank our sponsors: SeaOfMud.com, Patriotic Apparel for the whole family, and lots of other stuff. Coffee cups, beanies. I'm going to throw them into the spotlight here for a minute. Oh. Uh, Oh, you're, you already switched me no, out, No, no, stay there, stay there. <laughs> yeah, of course, as you know, George wanted to put a beanie on the skull. Uh, coffee cups, everything else. Great guys, America First Company, patriotic. Along with that, uh, BeardVet.com, BeardVet Coffee. You know these guys. If you watch them on social media, Kenny and the rest of the team, great sense of humor. America First, Trump supporters, veteran-owned. You can't get better than that all the way across the board. Remember, the parallel economy, you got to support it because we sure as hell don't want any woke ideology BS on this show. And then I want to talk about a company that's new to our sponsorship, ideaordie.com. It's a verified organization on uh, X. And what I want to tell you is if you really want to grow your account, they stand there, a beacon for conservative and liberty enthusiasts, forging a respected community where their voices, often overshadowed and challenged, are amplified and valued through rigorous interviews. So if you apply, you've got to get approved. I want to warn you about that. They don't approve everybody. Hopefully your values match what they're trying to do with their member values. Uh, there are lots of big names signing on. And their plan is really, uh, you know, conservative, traditional, libertarian creators and brands that deserve your engagement and support. And we know that a lot of times those voices get suppressed on social media. These guys' plan is to continue 
to create an incredible team. We are proud to, to be a member of that team right now. So uh, we, we're going to stand with these guys. I think we're going to go long term. If you're trying to grow your presence on X, I would strongly recommend taking a look at ideaordie.com. Well worth the money and the team really uh, lots of back channel communications going on. So these are great guys. So listen, uh, George, throw up the thumbnail. Let's get let him Wait. take a look at Brandon. Go you ahead. Get, I'm sorry. You get what? the beard vet guys. Yeah, I did. All right. Yeah, I'm rocking and rolling, brother. I'm I'm, I'm on high speed here because I'm excited to get Brandon on yeah, backstage. I don't want to wake him wait too long. Uh, thumbnail. So here he is. We, uh, you know, the the thing that Brandon's got going into the gate that most guys are fighting for is the Trump, the coveted Trump endorsement. You can't get better than having that endorsement at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and listen, so. I got to give you some background because I'm not sure, you know, Brandon has been really busy. A lot of people don't realize he was involved with the production on 2000 Mules. You know, our friends Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht and, of course, Dinesh D'Souza or D'Souza, I should say. And uh, they created it, of course, followed up with Police State. Now, a lot of people don't brand know that Brandon is his uh, is Dinesh's son-in-law. And, uh, you know, he is uh, stepping up in the 26th Congressional District. And this guy's got a commitment to service. His background reflects on the American dream. He's poised to be a relentless conservative warrior fighter. And I believe in him 100%. His family, family values. He's got a beautiful new baby, Marigold. His wife, of course, Danielle D'Souza Gill. Uh, man, this guy's cookie cutter. He's almost too perfect. I hate to say it, but he's almost <laughs> too perfect. He's got an Ivy League background. Let me give you a quick the rest of his bio. So there, he, this guy was raised on a ranch. Uh, cattle are in his background. Angus beef cows, of course, that's perfect for Texas. He attended Dartmouth and graduated uh, cum laude with degrees in both economics and history. You know, after a successful career in finance, uh, Gil launched the DC Inquirer. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. It's in a conservative America first news outlet focused on combating the woke fake news. And man, we sure as hell can't have enough of that. We know that woke news is the biggest enemy of the people. George and I, that's one of our hot topics always here on the show. Uh, we're going to make sure and give him time to give you the links at the end of the show. But his main link, if you want to learn more about him, is BrandonGillForCongress.com. That's BrandonGillForCongress.com. We'll make sure our mods put that in the chat. We'll get that going here for him. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot today. There's lots in the news, and we're going to give Brandon a chance to really let you guys see who he is and know who he is. Uh, that's not always easy for candidates because they get run around the country. They get run around their their districts. And I think it's be these in-person interviews live are important for people to really get a grasp to know what kind of, what a good candidate is all about. George, let's bring Brandon in. You know, Lance, before I do real quick, I just want to bring yes, something up. So we're talking about Brandon, <clears throat> all the work he's doing involved in and with his father-in-law Dinesh D'Souza you know they're they're just fighting away for this country right now I just want you to look at something right now look at this future power and this little conservative is going to be with the with the um, tutelage that she's going to be getting look at that huh yeah, yeah, yeah. That Come on. That's like, honest to God, when they threw that baby on, if I didn't know them better, I would have thought they used filters. They have like the perfect, Marigold like is Gerber perfect baby. Gerber baby. <laughs> it is a Gerber baby, right? Like the Gerber baby, as everybody knows in advertising, it's like the epitome of the perfect baby. Well, they threw that up. Right. I'm like, 
they put some filters on Marigold? No, that is the natural. Marigold is there actually that cute. Look at her. There's Danielle. Yeah, that's a cute baby. Yep. My my daughter was not that cute. She had a really skinny neck when she was little. I don't know what was going on. She grew into it. She looks great now. But her head, you know, I've got a giant head. My daughter's head was a little big up front. So I used a lot of hats, a lot of cute outfits to cover it up. So anyway, let's bring Brandon in, man. Welcome welcome to the Big Big Show, Brandon Gill, for Congress, (laughs) Texas 26. Yeah, thank thank you all for having me. I appreciate the mayor shout out as well. Yeah, yeah, we have to give we have to give a baby that cute a shout out. She is uh, she's gorgeous. First holiday season for you and the family. That is always an exciting uh, first Christmas, first New Year's for a baby. How was the Christmas with Marigold and your family? Oh, it was great. We got to go down to uh, the woodlands. We saw Dinesh and Debbie, my in laws, for a little bit. Yeah, um, they got to see it. Actually, here is here is Marigold. Oh, what's there up? It is the Danielle. Marigold. There's the Marigold Danielle hey. cameo. I asked Danielle to jump in. Uh, we Look were just her. talking about. I don't know if Danielle can hear us or not. But we were just talking about how Marigold is the perfect Gerber baby. Look at her. Oh. She's look. She just loves the camera. That's oh. it. She better get used to it. There's probably going to yeah. be a lot more in her future. Hi, Hi cutie. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's made a big imprint on social media. I've seen a lot of comments about how adorable she is. So, Danielle, we appreciate that. Look is out the window. It's all about marriage now. You know, know, that's what happens, especially with the first baby. But I, you know, I only had one, but my daughter. What What was really exciting for me is when she turned two and three, because then it really took off. And there's nothing better than that uh, that age time because they're really they're excited about literally everything you do, which mm-hmm. which not, that baby. is normal Look. in the real world. <laughs> yes, 100%. Wait, what is she what is she gonna uh, call Grandpa Sosa? The Sosa? She haven't. What? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, as of now, we're still working on just just any words, but she will make up her own. Yeah, it's always my daughter. It's, it was Opa. It was Opa that she picked because they gave her that. Hi. My father passed away, so he wasn't there. But my, uh, my uh, at that time, my girlfriend, who I had my daughter with, her parents were German, so they liked Opa and Oma. So they kind of that kind of turned out like that. But you know, they they do tend to pick their own names for lots of things. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a great age. Congratulations, you guys! Exciting Christmas holiday first, man. Yeah, I oh. missed that. Honestly, my daughter, uh, I, I loved uh, raising my daughter. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. She was good. She's turned out to be a great kid. She's so. a good baby. Look at her. Same things. Awesome. She's already poised for the camera for future. Look at her. That's it. Well, there's going to be a lot of that going on, hopefully, when you win Texas District 26. Uh, listen, so, man, uh, tell us a little bit. What you, you, the Big news today is the Iowa caucus. What are your thoughts on what happened there, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I think overall, more than anything, it's not surprising that Trump won by such such a wide margin. Um, As you guys, you know, bye-bye, little buddy. Uh, Same same bye to Marigold as she she leaves, but in in mommy there, too. Um, I'd say more than anything, I mean, Trump has been the leader of the Republican Party for a long time now, ever since, you know, 2015 and and maybe, you know, 2015 or 2016. um, This whole primary has been almost a, you know, it feels like a charade at times. Um, I think it's fair to say if it were not for President Trump, we would not have a nationally viable Republican Party right now. 
He's been not only an ideological leader, but a political leader in helping realign the party to becoming the party of the working class, which it really should be. I think not only do Iowa voters recognize that, but voters across the country. Now, we have the primaries because, you know, other people want to want to sort of throw their hat in the ring. But it's almost like a formality is what it feels like at this point. Um so it's not surprising at all that Trump won. It's not surprising at all that it was a record win, um, either. You know, the, very few candidates will have uh, have supporters who are fired up enough to stand out in the cold and sub-zero temperatures for them. And we've seen that uh, from Trump supporters for years now, whether it's at his rallies or at, at an Iowa caucus. So, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for, for the president. I'm excited for him to win the nomination so that we can get the rest of the party, um, you know, some of the people who are backing either DeSantis or Haley to, to just go ahead and get behind Trump because he's our guy. And I think it's time we unify him behind him so that we can start fighting the Democrats. Yeah, I, I think it's extremely important. You know, we want to see uh, that actions have consequences and consequences have accountability. The current GOP group doesn't seem to really possess what it takes to draw the line in the sand. I mean, they're just not, they're not doing and they're not supporting the will of the people or acting on behalf of the people. It's complicated because you've got the Democrats on one side that are in full force and effect, and they are literally uh, nonstop uh, aggressively on the offense. And then you've got the Republicans that talk a lot, but we see a lot of inactivity and that's difficult. A lot of people aren't happy about Rona. I won't put you in the spot to comment on her, but Rona McDaniels, many people feel like she's too focused on a hundred thousand dollars of the floral arrangements, private jets, limousine service and remodeling offices, things that seem to be for her own personal needs, including wardrobe expenses. But yet, the Republicans, she raised a tremendous amount of money for election integrity and didn't spend any of it on election integrity. I don't believe she's gone into overdrive enough in Colorado is one of my arguments. But it's interesting. I mean, let's face it, Trump, to pull people in a cold weather storm like that, unbelievable, right? Completely incredible that Trump uh, could pull those kind of people. Not that I'm surprised I'm a Trump supporter, but let's comment on this and then I'm going to take you into some of the issues that I think are so important, especially in Texas being a border state. But hey, I don't know what to think of Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm not sure what to think. Uh, I go back and forth. One minute I kind of like what he said and then I didn't like what he did with the T-shirts and what he did with Trump. You know, you know, vote for me if you want to save Trump. Trump doesn't need saving. He's probably one of the biggest fighters out there. He's got a hell of a war chest, and he's also extremely sophisticated. Growing mm -hmm. up in New York, I don't ever, you know, and I'm from New York, I never underestimate the, the, the toughness of New Yorkers. You know, it's the way we were raised. It's always been like that. You know, a lot of us grew up in tough neighborhoods and tough times and came from backgrounds where there wasn't a lot of money and we had to do whatever, you know, whatever it took. So what do you think about Vivek? He's now obviously canceled his campaign and, he, and he's gone full force and effect into supporting Trump. How do you feel about that? You know, I, Vivek throughout his campaign has said a lot of good things. Um, he's really on the ball. He's, he's clearly an intelligent guy, a very, very smart candidate. Um, and he, he does say the right things. I mean, um, he hits the nail on the head whenever it comes to gender issues with what the deep state is doing. He, he seems to have a, a good understanding of, the political landscape right now. But I mean, I've always been 100% behind President Trump. 
Um, I'm frankly, I'm glad to see him out of the race because I think, like I was saying earlier, we've got to unify behind the president. Um, and I think, you know, there, there's really no reason to be running against him. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Vivek was a competitor to Trump. I mean, it, as much as he was sort of defending Trump against uh, against some of the weaponization of government that's, that's been um, just egregiously um, seen over the past couple months, he was still a competitor. And, you know, I, I just think that it, it's far, far past time to get behind Trump. So. Yeah, it's always dangerous to have dilution of the voter base with uh, right. additional candidates that don't really, in my opinion, have a hope of taking Trump on head to head. Well, it's a possibility. My, George, my opinion on uh, Vivek is so I think he was the like the black horse for Trump, meaning he was out there saying everything that usually like Trump would say, but Trump was so caught up in doing you know, with his court cases and fighting for justice and all this stuff that, you know, they're just incoherently um, trying to get him off the ballot and put him in prison. But I, for some reason, I think if this was all part of a plan, I don't know, I, because Vivek never really bashed Trump. If, you know, he said some, a couple no. things, but he no, never I did. And Trump really never went after him like Trump goes after a lot of people. His candidate, like people yeah. running against him. So I think in this, I think there's somewhere that this was um, maybe planned for him to be doing this on behalf of Trump and, you know, MAGA supporters yeah. and everybody. You know, time will tell. But he did the right thing by getting behind Trump. It was, you know, he bowed out gracefully. Yeah, I think it was, it was the right time and the right thing to do. Of course, people like Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, I don't know if they know what the meaning of the word loyalty is about or integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, let's face it, uh, what DeSantis has done lacks moral fiber, at least in my opinion. I think when somebody supports you like he did when he was running for governor, like Trump did for DeSantis and doing what he did, of course, Nikki Haley declared she was never going to run against Trump. And of course, that flip-flop, we like to call Nikki Haley flip-flop Nikki on this show because that's yep. what she's all about. Chris Christie doesn't surprise me, but he's got absolutely no hope. And again, he's just diluting the base. The problem is unity. Because at the end of the day, there's so much division within the party itself, within the Republican Party and the conservatives. It's complicated. And, and let's face it, the other side is an expert in creating division. That is what they do. So I, there's a lot of issues in Texas. The top one that we talk about a lot on the show, George, and you know, when it comes to immigration, we are really outspoken. Illegal immigration, not legal immigration. Uh, you know, you guys have one of the biggest problems. We just saw... Finally, some decisions made, although they still seem to be working with Border Patrol. Abbott finally called in the National Guard, but, you know, to me, it was too little too late. Again, we are, uh, by at least by our Constitution, the highest law of the land, we are sovereign republics. Uh, and at the end of the day, those sovereign republics have the right to defend their borders if, in fact, the U.S. government has elected not to defend our borders from all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's a big deal. And of course, that's one of the top issues that you'll be dealing with when you come in. Tell me, uh, Brandon, what's your plan for the Texas border and your plan in D.C.? Because I don't believe we continue with this. I mean, we just had uh, uh, some people arrested or uh, stopped at the border with 10 IEDs. We've got transnational gangs. We've got known terrorists. 
We've got people dumping their IDs and passports on the other side of the fence. Michael Yan and Ben Berkman have all, all proven that we've already had 91 different countries of illegal immigrants come into this country. And Oscar Le Bleu, Del Blue, too. Don't yeah, forget. Yeah. And, yeah, and Oscar L. Blue. Of course, all these people are at the forefront. We know that the Biden administration <laughs> has taken our Border Patrol and turned it into the border welcome wagon. Uh, they've taken air marshals and stuck them down there, taken them off our planes. They're not protecting our air, our, our you know, our airspace, and have had them making sandwiches for illegal immigrants. So, what's your plan? Because, man, you got you're coming into a, a really complicated situation. What do you think about the border, man? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the one point I would say I, I disagree with you on. You said that uh, our our government has the right to defend our border as a sovereign nation. I would say they have the obligation. To defend our border, correct. And and the reality is, I you know I I like to take a step back whenever we're thinking about the border, and then try to understand why this is happening because I think that informs what our policy should be going forward once Trump gets back in office and we maintain the majority in Congress and we can fight back here. We all know that what Biden is doing on the border is intentional. I think that that's kind of blatantly obvious at that at this point. And I think even a lot of leftists would admit that now. So the question is, why is he doing that if this is intentional? And I think that there are two reasons, really. The first is that I do think that it is entirely intention, an intentional um, decision to flood our country with chaos. And that's what happens. The, the border is absolutely chaotic. And Biden administration is flying these people all over the country. And what does that bring? It does bring higher crime rates. It does bring drugs, especially drugs like fentanyl, which is one of the most deadly narcotics in history. That's killing our children. It's killing American citizens. It's ravaging. It's tearing apart our communities and neighborhoods. And we know that these are the, the effects of unrestricted illegal immigration. And sometimes the, the simplest explanation is really is the true one. And that's, you know, this is happening because it's intentional. And I think that that's because the Democrats know that they can import chaos, which te tears apart our social fabric and creates a crisis that big government can come in and step in and fill. It's kind of like the old rule, never let a good crisis go to waste. That's like the Democrat Party mantra on it has been for a while. And unrestricted illegal immigration creates a crisis for big government socialism to supposedly fix. So I think that's the first reason. The second is, obviously, uh, they're making the bet that they can import 8, 9, 10 million plus illegal aliens who will be future Democrat voters. Um, we'll see if they end up voting Democrat as uh, consistently as the, the left is hoping. But I think that that's the bet. Um, I have no doubt that the, the left rigged the 2020 election against President Trump. And because of that, I have no doubt that they would do it again in 2024. And one of the ways that they'll do that is by supporting voters dilute uh, the votes of American citizens already here. So if we know that, if we if we kind of understand why the left is doing this, and sorry if I'm giving you a, a longer winded answer than you were looking no, for. No, no, this is great. This is what we want to hear. Uh, if we know that that's what they're doing, the question is, well, how do we fight back against that? And in 2016, Trump was on the cutting edge of illegal immigration policy. Remember whenever he first said we should build a wall, everybody called him racist, everybody except for the most conservative people in our party. And now that's, I, I think that even people on the left would need to have a wall, that walls actually work. We, 
we see what uh, how effective walls are um, in in the Middle East, uh, for one thing. But we do need to go back to a lot of Trump's 2016 policies. We need to build the wall. Um, we need to reform our asylum laws. The idea that illegal aliens can come to our border, throw their passports on the ground, and cross into American territory, uh, into onto American so- soil, and then claim asylum for whatever reason under the sun and stay here is ridiculous. So we need to reform our asylum laws. We do need to uh, declare war on the cartels. We need to militarize our border. We have the ability to steal the border with our military. We're just not doing um, and then last, and I think that this is the most important part, and I think that this is evidence that Trump is on the cutting edge, once again, of illegal immigration policies. We've got to deport the 8 to 9 to 10 million plus illegal aliens that Biden brought into this country. Because I think at the end of the day, if we're not willing to deport these people that are that the Democrats brought in here to create chaos, to, to create a new voting bloc, for the Democrat Party, then we're not serious about about saving this country. And, you know, it, it, at times it's, you know, it, that's a tough thing to do. It's, you know, it seems, um, you know, it, it seems almost, uh, it seems crazy at times if you think that we need to, uh, to do this, but we do. We've got to deport every single one of the illegal aliens that Biden brought into this country. And I, I plan on helping President Trump do that. Yeah. And he, and and he I, needs and the I, help of America First candidates too, because mm-hmm. if you look at his, um, his term when we had full control of Congress and Senate, but yet not too much got really done that should have got done because we have too many rhinos in there and we, you know, we need, it needs to be cleaned up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's always complicated when you talk about border. I believe in legal immigration. Uh, you know, really we've heard many rumors about many countries emptying out uh, their prisons and they're actually sending them in this direction. We already have seen that the quality of immigrant, we've got military-aged Chinese, we've got military-aged coming in from the Middle East, and there is no possible way that they can vet because even the people in the database, Ben Berkwam, less than a week ago, attempted to uh, report an imminent threat of an actual terrorist that he had been uh, kind of figured out about through another uh, immigrant, kind of told him the story. He spent over an hour on the phone trying to report this threat, said that he had a video of the individual, and they said, oh, well, if you don't have all the information, there's not much we can do. Now, this is an actual person that was identified potentially as a a real terrorist, and that's the response he got from Department of Homeland Security and the border, uh, you know, infrastructure leadership. I wouldn't call it leadership. It seems to me like it is intentional. They're creating this massive voter base. They have no idea where they're anywhere in the country. And all of a sudden, they're going to give them uh, rights to vote. We know they've been allowed to vote. Illegal immigrants have been allowed to vote in California since 95 or 6, which I believe is a, is a violation of our election laws. Recently, we've seen added in the paperwork in Arizona, they won't let them uh, illegal uh, immigrants vote in the state election, but they've added that they can vote in the federal election. So at the end of the day, what the hell is that all about? Why is there seem like to be so much intentional deceit in D.C.? And I agree with you. The problem is that that's what they're doing. They're creating this massive voter base so that they can have one more tool in their arsenal of cheating. The biggest problem, obviously, all of us know is the machines. I, I think we have to go back to paper ballots and hand counting and voter ID, which is required in almost every other country 
The United States wants to talk about how it's racist. That's the term, right? Racist. We're being domestic terrorists if we want voter ID. They add any tag name. What's your thought on the machines and the voting system, the way it stands right now, Brandon? Because a lot of people are concerned that, uh, that, the, that the cheating has been on both sides of the aisle in D.C., probably for a long time, and it's just become uh, more apparent because people like Greg Phillips, people like your father-in-law and you putting out important, uh, you know, uh, documentaries like 2,000 Mules. But at the core of it, uh, Joe Altman and many others say that with, if the machines aren't gone, the rest of it is just ancillary, right? It doesn't matter because the, the bad voter rolls, the dead Democrats, they're all still going to be there. So what's your thoughts on the, on the machines and the current system of federal and state voting? No, and, and I agree with you. I think there's so much that needs to be done with our election systems. And one of the things that I tell uh, voters whenever I'm, I'm talking to people on the ground here is if you are a voter in a uh, in a very red district like the one that I'm running in, in Texas 26, one of the litmus tests you should have for candidates who are running in your district, especially for a congressional seat or something at that level, is you need to ask candidates, do you believe the 2020 election was stolen? Yes or no? No ifs, ands, or buts. Yes or no? Was it stolen from President Trump? And if the answer is no, I think you need to pass on that candidate. I have no doubt that the 2020 election was stolen from President Trump. As you mentioned, I helped make a movie called 2000 Mules, which exposed widespread ballot trafficking networks um, in key swing states that we believe uh, swung the, the election for Joe Biden. But in terms of what we need to do about it, I think you're 100% correct. We've got to get away from the machines. Everybody on both sides of the aisle would pretty pretty widely, pretty openly admit until uh, the beginning of 2020 that machines are ripe for fraud, that we need to have paper ballots. Um, and it wasn't until 20, you know, COVID hit and, uh, you know, the Democrats changed their tune completely about uh, paper ballots and mail-in ballots. Uh, that's another thing. We've got to get rid of mail-in ballots. Um, we can't be mailing out um, empty ballots to thousands and thousands of people across this country. We know that that uh, creates an environment for fraud. We need to have uh, voter ID laws. I think that's about as common sense as it gets. And we need to have, uh, I, I'm in favor of single day voting. I think that that's something that'll take more time to get across the finish line for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and to your point, we've got to clean up our voting voter uh, voter registration books. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done. I think, again, on top of all of it, we've got to do is we've got to figure out what happened in 2020. And we've got to go after Congress needs to do this. They need to go after the NGOs and other organizations who trafficked ballots illegally for Joe Biden and prosecute these people. Because if we're not going to seek justice for what happened in 2020, it's going to happen again. It's bound to happen again. Um, so there's a lot that needs to be done with our elections. And that's going to be a, a focus of mine in Washington. And I think that uh, I think that that's something President Trump recognizes. And I, I hope that I can help with that. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. George, give me your thoughts. You know, we were in a space last night where we always talk about the division and the strategic influence of the shills tell me what your thoughts are man because we heard more stuff last night these machines just have to go right um 100 they have to go and also what we heard last night is i'm not going to bring out names but that people that are taking advantage of this movement where you know fighting they're saying they're fighting for election fraud but you know taking advantage of people their money 
and it's just it's causing so, so much more division that it's hurting our cause. But what, like you, I know you know, like you just said about you know two, you did the work with two thousand mules, so you know what's what's going on with our with our um, voting systems. What we what we really need is to overhaul a law and pass new new voting laws. So where there is no machines, same day voting, and hopefully when you get in next year that we can you know maybe get this process going because these any candidates that don't want to talk about it or don't want to you know help put um, voter uh, laws in are the ones that are complicit and in, in, in on it or benefiting from it one way or another. I mean, who wouldn't want same-day voting, voter ID, and uh, and obviously no machines? Because at the end of the day, let's face it, the will of the people is supposed to be who picks candidates like Brandon. We want to see those candidates chosen by the people, whether it's a conservative or a liberal. You know, that's what it is, right? Free and fair elections are a contract guaranteed by our states and our federal government. So, George, I agree with you. There has to be something that's done immediately about this. Um, yeah. You know. I was just going to say, and I and I think that um, a a candidate or, or anybody's willing to say that the 2020 election was stolen speaks to a couple different things. First of all, it speaks to whether you have the, the backbone to push back against left wing propaganda, knowing that uh, you know there's a lot. Anytime you're a conservative and you stand up for conservatism, you're going to get a lot of pushback. If you say the 2020 election was stolen, they're going to call you a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, an election denier or whatever. Um, but we've got to get people who are willing to withstand that. But two, it, it also speaks to your uh, the urgency with which Congress is going to pursue election reforms. And to your point, this is something we've got to do. You know, and to bring up another point based off of our election is, in, in this topic, I know you know because your father-in-law has gone through it, is our judicial system, the DOJ, FBI, is so corrupt yeah. It's out of control, and that's another thing that needs to be overruled. If we had a, a court system or judicial system that actually ruled on the law and the Constitution, they would see what happened in the 2020 election and then what's going on, and we wouldn't be in this position. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's sure. another thing. Like, I know you're, you know, I don't know if and you personally gone through any ta like any tax from them, I but I know your father has. On the weaponized judicial system, yeah. George, you bring up a great point because he also was the producer on Police State. Yep. We are friends with Kyle Serafin and Sonia Labosco and Tara Rodas and Steve Friend, Steve Gray back in New Jersey who ran for Congress. You know uh, what? You know, FBI. But we got to take a break before hey. George stabs me on air because, you know, he's always the one that controls the <laughs> mute button. You never want to piss off George because he's got that finger on the mute button. So listen, let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I'm going to talk about first, I want to talk about the economy and the failure of, I don't even like the word, but Bidenomics. I don't, I don't even think that's a real term for what he's done to our uh, a fantastic economy and driven it into the ground. So let's take a break, George. When we come back, Brandon Gill will be talking about Bidenomics. Gear up for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. 
Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet founded, vet focused, and beard operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Welcome to the next generation of warfare. Psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide. The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now. Welcome back to the Big Mig Show. Here we your host, Lance Miliaccio, your co-host, George Ballantine, and our special guest, running for Texas 26 Congress, Brandon Gill. None other than, you know, Lance, I have to say, Let's Go Brandon has a whole new definition to it. 
Yeah, yeah, better so, than the other one. The other well, one, but it, the other one was effective. It was an effective well, tool to identify the incompetency of the Biden administration. So, yeah, but let's go, Brandon. The whole still means f Joe Biden by by voting for Brandon Gill and putting him in Congress too. Though that's a, like yeah. you get a double impact right, right there. So. <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch right. the branding on that one, though. The branding on that one could maybe go the other direction on you. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those things, the joke. I've, I've gotten a Let's Go Brandon joke for the past, like, two years now, and it just never gets old. Never gets old. You know what? It, it couldn't have been a bigger deal. Uh, and at the end of the day, had I been a rapper, I would have jumped on that. <laughs> In a second, that would have been my hook. I would have beat everybody to the punch because I thought it was I thought it was an amazing opportunity. I even tried to get that information to Forgiato Blow, but I don't think he, he moved quickly enough. Some other people beat him to the punch. You know, uh, Lance, go before ahead, we go, since we're, you know, we got Brandon Gill here. He's from Texas. So I'm going to put up what's going on in um, te starting off in Texas. So we have on, begins on January 29th, we have our Take Our Border Back Convoy. It's a southern border convoy. It begins in January 29th, I believe, in Eagle Pass, Texas. Then it will end in February 3rd. I think it's going to end up in California. And mm -hmm. a lot of truckers are getting involved. A lot of people are getting involved. Hopefully, we're going to get Brandon Gill involved with this crew. Because it's from, uh, all from the state. We spoke to truckers the other day on X in the spaces, and they're willing to help. So we're going to do what we got to do. But... Brandon, like, you know what's going on our borders and how it even affects our economy. And we're just talking about Joe Biden and the economy, the failed economy. And this is a big part of the reason, too. You have, like, just in New York, they took kids out of school to house migrants in the school. So now the kids are home. How does that help mm -hmm. the country? It doesn't. Right. Oh, no, it's one, one of my favorite things about the Joe Biden economy. You mentioned Bidenomics earlier is that. Joe Biden is actually the person who coined that term, Bidenomics, as if it was a positive. <laughs> it, it's hilarious whenever you think back on the fact that Let that was. Let get a close up for that. <laughs> Bidenomics, what a bunch of crap. Just had to do that for close up. George couldn't help myself. That is a terminology. It's like, uh, what's the other thing he likes to call himself? Dark Brandon or some BS he came for the counteroffensive. Probably one of the worst ideas as a president to talk, call yourself dark. Yeah, this guy's you, man, Brandon. Jump in there because every time yep. I hear that term, I just want to choke. It's it's a, it's a joke. He's he's trying to get, I guess, the edgy, cool, you know, online Twitter presence, and he he obviously just can't do it. Um, but you mentioned about what what's happening with um, emptying out our schools and and flooding them with illegal aliens, and it, it, that does impact the economy, not only long term with you know, harming the education of our youth, which is, is obviously wrong. Um, but an economy relies on having a stable legal system and a stable social fabric, which is being torn apart right now via open borders. So you're you're a hundred percent spot on, which is that open borders and the crime that, that 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 brings into our country and the fact that that is taking our children out of their own schools. That has a huge impact on our economy, and that's really, with, with Joe Biden, that's just here. Well, the cost of living is skyrocketing under this failed administration, and right now I believe that Congress on both sides of the aisle is responsible for so many of these decisions. We're talking about 
hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, potentially trillions of dollars, predictively over what illegal immigration is doing. And wages are collapsing, right? We already know that AI is going to affect lots of jobs as it, it as it gets perfected. Housing's unaffordable. I mean, look at the rates. 9% uh, uh, mortgages, 8.9, I think I saw the other day for a 30-year fixed. Gas prices are going to be rising. Of course, they're trying to uh, push them down right now, as they always do when the election year is in force. That's always part of the plan. I mean, groceries, are you kidding me? They, you know, the, 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 and this is, we, we put something up last night that George and I thought was hysterical, was, which was a press secretary that was a baby that was, you know, Googling Gaga. And we said that that was the new <laughs> press secretary. <laughs> Marigold would be perfect for that part. Had we had her, we would have used her. At the end of the day, uh, you know, let's face it, KGP, what a joke. Uh, ridiculous, the amount of. Of lying and to me that's part of the problem they want to lie to our faces and say well inflation is only six percent it's only eight percent meanwhile you go to costco or walmart or wherever you like to shop for your groceries nationwide and there's no doubt you get to the register with way less than when you bought previously and it's 30 40 percent higher the inflation numbers are giving us are just a bunch of crap they're lies more lies mm -hmm. and there's so much wasteful spending i mean we're right now potentially with yemen in potentially three wars internationally, domestically, I'd have to call the border a war at this point, because again, we've got foreign invaders invading our country. Of course, it isn't. It hasn't turned into a kinetic war yet, but it should be kinetic. I mean, if it was me, I, I you know, again, I'm not saying that anybody should agree with my policy, but if I was the governor of Texas, I would have deployed the National Guard much more quickly. I would be building the war. I would refuse federal funding from the U.S. government for anything, and I would basically declare that I believe that they have broken the law, and I would file charges against the Biden administration, and I would make it very clear that anybody that tried to invade Texas was risking their life and limb. Now, that's me. How do we cut the wasteful spending? How do we cut the taxes across the board? Because taxes were supposed to be a temporary piece, but now they spend the money like it's permanent and they want to just keep, uh, you know, and it's an attack on the middle class, right? I mean, they're almost basically wiping out the middle class. On one end, they want to have socialized uh, payments, just like they're doing for these border people. They're getting free phones. They're getting free health care. They're getting free trips around the U.S. They're getting free housing. And now we hear stories of $2,200 per family. If the family divides at the border and they have a child, they can actually get $4,400. What is this? Meanwhile, we've got veterans on the street. What's the plan to get rid of that and get these budgets under control? I mean, over what, $1.4 trillion? Are they freaking mm -hmm. kidding me with this? What's your right. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that one of the most disappointing things is it really seems like whenever Republicans do finally get the majority in Congress, we don't use it. You know, whenever Democrats have the majority, we expect them to spend money like crazy. We expect them to do all kinds of uh, all kinds of crazy things. But whenever Republicans get the majority, we've got to be able to push through a conservative agenda. I think when it comes through specifically to uh, to spending. I mean, we've been governing via omnibus for the past several years, and that's where Democrats and Republicans sit in a dark room together late at night, and they come up with a 4,000-page spending bill that nobody's ever has any idea what's in there. And it's got little bits and pieces for every congressman that they can go back to their district and say, listen, I've brought X millions of dollars from Washington to you guys, and that's what they do to get them on board to vote for it. I mean, governing by omnibus is an absolute disgrace. It really is. It's not. It's no way to run a a serious government. 
And I think most people, especially on the right, recognize that. So we've got to move away from that. We've got to have individual appropriations of 12 every year so that Congress can dissect on a granular level where our taxpayer money is actually going. Um, and then I, you know, frankly, I would be a hard no vote on, on increasing the debt ceiling. That's, we've just, you got to stop somewhere. Um, and that's a good place to, uh, to just be a hard no. George, your thoughts. Well, you know what? I'm just reading the chat and Farmer Jay, you know, brought up a good point, like lowering the fuel prices. Our oil reserves are almost depleted. I mean, we had, under Trump, we had energy independence. We don't have that anymore. Why would you have to think, like, why would someone want to give up a country's energy independence and depend on another country? It's, for what reason? You want to do that. It's either you're, you're in, the, in their pocket or you want to ultimately sabotage this country for your own personal benefit. Yeah. And, and that's why I love George Ballantine. Why? Because, in, in effect, you just nailed exactly what it is. Because, let's face it, the most dangerous enemy is the enemy from within. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're destroying us from within intentionally. You know, there's so many things, George. You just, I mean, that was just, you just nailed it, in my opinion, because that's really the problem. We look at this, and a common sense person on the outside, being a non-political candidate type myself, I look at it and go, this doesn't make any sense. Why get rid of our energy independence? Why get rid of our petrol reserves? Why uh, shut down the pipeline? Why do the legislation unless you have intentional ill will towards the country? And clearly that's what's going on. Look, when you have people like Zuckerberg and you have people like Klaus Schwab and you have people like Yerval Noah Harari and you have people like Alexander Soros and George Soros, to me, these people have proven that they are enemies of the country. They are enemies, foreign and domestic. I would actually have, if I was president, they would not have the luxury of freedom at this point. I don't believe they've done the right thing. I don't like what Bill Gates did with with Anthony Fauci. Uh, you know, now we've got disease X, and I don't want to start that topic yet because I want to get into crime quickly. But I'm going to bring it up to you because let's face it, what we're seeing is our government is is involved in what I would call nefarious behavior. And these, these seem to be fomented plots in their own way because they control the narratives. They've been highly successful in controlling the mainstream media. For the longest time, they were highly successful in controlling all the social media. George and I dealt with it. I, I, one account of ours was uh, uh, um, suspended two minutes and 46 seconds after Trump. George and I got it back, luckily enough, when Elon Musk came in. But George got suspended, never got his account back. We were exposing Italy Gate. And now, of course, now with Elon Musk, they don't have control of X. We're seeing more truth from the Twitter files and the rest of it. But to me, this all leads to criminal behavior, right? This is criminal operation it's you know it's when you look at it it's rico racketeering concurrent criminal enterprise when you have multiple individuals for example the fed surrection on j6 we've seen enough proof right now where we we have all kinds of brady and exculpatory material that they refuse to release we've seen uh we've seen multiple capital police lying under oath and committing perjury there's been lots of stories about text messages that may at some point get exposed that somebody has copies of between Nancy Pelosi and others. Clearly, there were multiple federal agents, at least 240 FBI. So to me, crime is one of the biggest hindrances to economic prosperity. You know, we've got all these, you can call them globalists, progressive elites, whatever you want to do on it. 
their the, their agendas are causing crime, right? And and that crime causes poverty. They do it intentionally. When you look at the the Bureau of Prisons and you look at the DOJ, some of these sentences are ridiculous. The incarceration rates are through the roof for minimal crimes. And then you've got other criminals that have eight and nine felonies that are continuing to walk the streets, but yet we're going to go arrest George Ballantine because he walked around, didn't go into the Capitol. He just walked the grounds. George wasn't there. Let me preface that before our FBI agents decide to <laughs> make a move on George. We know what the FBI likes to watch our show. We've heard it more than once. But at the end of the day, George wasn't there. Let me defend him. He never went. But at the end of the day, it's ridiculous, right? They're going to they're gonna use our air marshals to follow people follow mothers and fathers that just walked around the Capitol grounds, never did anything, and oh my God, they're insurrectionists. So crime, Mexican drug cartels, NGOs, dark money, foreign money, book deals, defund the police when we're, we're totally pro-law enforcement. I'm not pro the FBI in the current uh, creation or the current charter that they've decided they can do whatever they want. What do we do about this, man? What's your plan for that, for crime, and including the crime in D.C.? Yeah, the, the first thing I would say is in, in, um, in, in political science, there's a concept called um, social trust. And that's whenever you can go out into a public area amongst people that you don't know and you've never met before and have never seen before. And you can trust that they're not going to harm you. You can trust that you can go to the grocery store and you can buy something from somebody you've never seen before and they're not going to rip you off or steal your money or sell you, um, you know, rotten food, for example. And what the Democrats are doing by unleashing criminals intentionally, again, again, this is all intentional, onto our streets, whether it's via Soros prosecutors or via a general um, legislative agenda from the left of reducing penalties for violent crimes and all that does is undermine social trust, which ultimately tears our social fabric apart. And it does impact our economy. Um, it, it makes it harder to do business. It makes it harder um, for you to focus on, uh, you know, the, the enjoyable good things in life. Now you asked what we need to do about it. Um, I think that Congress should exercise oversight over the judiciary um, I think that they should exercise oversight over the Department of Justice right now is flagrantly weaponized against President Trump um, and against uh, Trump supporters and against Christians and conservatives and pro-life activists. Congress has two different constitutional powers that they can use here. And we Republicans need to get used to using power whenever we have it. One of them is exercising oversight, bringing these people uh, before Congress, putting them under under and making them answer for what they're doing. And if they're doing anything illegal, uncovering that, prosecuting them. But the second one is that Congress actually has the power of the purse. So we don't have to be funding the FBI. We don't have to be funding the ATF or any of these other rogue federal agencies that are operating independently uh, of any kind of democratic pressure targeting American citizens. So I think that uh, we should be defunding these agencies. Frankly, right now, as long as the DOJ is targeting Trump, I think that Congress should be defunding it. Yeah, not our, not our Congress. They, they don't. They can't even <laughs> yeah. impeach. You can't even get a, a, a impeachment proceeding started against mm -hmm. Joe Biden with yeah. all the evidence that they have, and just more that just came out 
Mm-hmm. With um, Simona, um, I can't even say her name, Lance Magante, Simona Magante Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos, with the interview she did in Ukraine, where they have their, all the documents showing that Biden was involved with all this money laundering and theft. Yeah, we're talking about, just for you, Brandon, what George is talking about is an interview we did, but the person we're talking about is Andre Durchak, which many people thought the CIA had executed him. He disappeared for two years. He has the receipts and the evidence of uh, not only Biden corruption, but other government officials, and he's got the proof. He was working directly with, uh, you know, he, he was one of the ones that released the Poroshenko audio tapes when they came out, and... Uh, Pretty important situation, but George just exactly once again, and to me, what the problem is, is that our Republicans won't pull the trigger. I mean, let's face it, if we committed the contempt on Congress that Hunter Biden did, George and I would already be in jail. And that's what I don't like is the fact that there's these rules for thee, not for me, that continue to go forward. And it's nonstop. They never just drop the hammer. Hunter Biden was in was in uh, Congress. He walked in there for the hearing. Why didn't they arrest him on the spot? Because I guarantee if that had been myself or George, they would have arrested us right on the spot. Said we've already you're in contempt. Go ahead and take him to the jail cells below Congress. We know those cells exist because Cash Patel's told us about it. But they never do it. They just talk, 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 and tell us we're going to have another committee and we're going to have a hearing. I'm over that. The American people are over that. We want consequences. Actions lead to consequences, and we want accountability. I'm tired of this rule of law that doesn't apply equally. Yeah, it, it, even more broadly. Um, one of the reasons that our country is in such a terrible position, whether it's with the border or with crime or the economy or the kind of materials that are be, being put in our schools. One, we know that the left is crazy and they're trying to destroy this country. So they're pushing that. But on the other side, Republicans at times for far too long have put up no meaningful political opposition to the left's agenda. Where it's like we're playing politics as if we're still in the 1980s or the 1990s, mm. where we have sort of political disagreements, but we all love this country and we're all good-hearted. And, you know, the Democrat Party that we're up against, maybe we disagree, but those are the blue dog Democrats and they're actually okay guys. You know, the, the Democrat Party of the blue dogs and of Pip O'Neill, who could be good friend Reagan, like that Democrat Party is dead and gone and it's been gone for a long time. But Republicans have been playing politics as if that's the Democrat Party that we're up against. And it's just not. This is the Democrat Party who wants to put their people in school. The Democrat Party is going to spend until our currency is worthless. It's going to free our uh, free criminals all over our streets. Um, who's going to open up our borders and flood our country with deadly narcotics. And it, it's the Democrat Party who's going to weaponize the federal government against conservatives and Christians. And we've got to start putting up serious opposition and realizing who we're up against because if we don't we're going to lose the country yeah that's for sure george i mean we're not going to lose this country a lot of other countries will fall because if america falls most of the world is going to fall because we're we're the leading uh country in the world you know with freedom democracy which is slowly declining it's a shame and you know when we talk about here energy independence texas is what the drilling capital in this country? They have more. Yep. I mean, they mm-hmm. we can they can lead the way, but yet we have this administration that's just holding us back. And all they want to do is go to electric. You see, in Texas, they're having problems with their 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 grid. 
they can't mm-hmm. keep up, and then and they want to push more electric cars over there too. It's just even in the, yeah. even in California, everywhere. So we have a we have an opportunity to to be strong again, and mm-hmm. just drill, yeah, right, Lance? How you say, drill, baby, drill? That's what we're well, calling. But the red tape is a problem, and George is right. I mean, our infrastructure, our electric power grid, can't handle this push for green energy, which really ineffectively isn't true. The cost to replace these lithium-ion batteries, the technology hasn't caught up. Many people have gone in to get their lithium-ion batteries replaced, and the, and the dealership says, you know, they've got a $25,000 car, and the dealership says it's going to be 38000 to replace your batteries. That's ineffective. Wind technology, uh, you know, recycling windmills, they, they don't uh, even recover the cost to produce. So it's not green energy, it's the green lie. Mm-hmm. What's the plan, man? Because we've got to get back to our fossil fuels. I don't give a shit what the green uh, <laughs> BS agenda is all about. Let me know what you think. A hundred percent. I mean, the reality is that our entire economic system and our entire modern civilization is dependent upon fossil fuels. And that's not going to change for another 80 to 100 years at the soonest. It's funny that the left pushes green energy so aggressively, particularly with electric vehicles. Because it, it, electric vehicles, for example, are really just a facade. Um, How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> right, right. I mean, the, the energy has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, electricity has to be created from some source, and oftentimes that is some fossil fuel uh, or fossil fuel derived source. So the idea that this is so so great for the for the environment it is is nuts. Um, but I think that more fundamentally, I mean, it is civilizational suicide to hinder our own domestic energy production, especially on the fossil fuel side, so that we can import fossil fuels from hostile foreign regimes. And one of the problems is, you know, if we go a a step deeper, it's that to your point about regulations, we're regulating this industry out of existence. I mean, we have not built in the United States in decades an oil, a new oil refinery. And in order to do that, these are massive, uh, massive uh, manufacturing plants, requires billions of dollars in a stable regulatory environment. And with the left beating the tables nonstop about how we want to move away from fossil fuels, we want to uh, implement the Green New Deal. I mean, what business wants to front that kind of capital? But we need, we desperately need uh, this this energy infrastructure in the United States. So. Republicans can't back down from this. I mean, this this really is a, a civilizationally uh, defined you know, uh, issue for us. The Green New Deal is just more brainwashing and controlled <laughs> narrative to me. It's just a bunch of crap. I don't buy into any of it. I'm sure I'll get a lot of negative feedback, maybe a couple of death threats after the show. That usually <laughs> seems to be when I say things like this, and I don't really care. At the end of the day, it's ridiculous because – we already know that it's not true. They want to talk about it. You, for everybody that doesn't understand, if you have an electric car, it's a coal-fired generator providing the electricity, or maybe yep. wind generators might provide this much if they're even working, if they're not frozen and unable to produce electricity, which seems to be an ongoing issue across the country. It, it's just a joke. I mean, it, it, that's the biggest problem, Brandon. They they create these really organized uh, narratives, and then they get the mainstream media behind it. They get the WEF, World Economic Forum, which who the hell left those guys in charge of us? You know, uh, when I think of Davos and the WEF, I think of drone strikes. 
That's my idea to solve that ridiculous amount of, of alleged control. When Klaus Schwab opens his mouth, I honestly get angry every time. If I was there in person, I would probably give him a slap across the face uh, because I just think it's ridiculous that anybody has that amount of uh, narrative power and they, it's continued to get disseminated. But look, let's face it. Tyrannical governments, our founders decided to put something in place that was to help with that. Obviously, 1A, which they continue to try to ruin and control. But that's why 2A is there, right? I mean, they, the firearms have mm -hmm. constituted, you know, a main form of defense. Doesn't matter whether mm -hmm. for criminals, predators, or a currently what I believe we have a tyrannical government. And our nation was founded on these principles, right? That's the supreme law of the land, the U.S. Constitution. Our families had already dealt with this. They came from monarchies. They came from uh, the, the initiation of admiralty maritime law, which is part of the problem in our judicial system. It's gone way past the scope of common law. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's got to do with the fact that I think we need to have term limits. I, I think I think lifetime appointments, are you freaking kidding me? So we get a guy in there that does a shitty job and then he gets to stay there for forever. What <laughs> job in the world lets you stay there if you're doing a shitty job besides mainstream media and judges? What about age <laughs> restrictions? Can we have age restrictions in, Man, sen in Senate mean, and Congress? Listen, Di I mean, when I think of Congress, George, I think of Diane Feinstein. She always comes to mind. Ninety-six million net worth flying around in a sixty-three million dollar private jet. She's not able to handle her own finances, so she signs over medical power of attorneys to her daughter, and she's still voting in Congress. This is the most ridiculous thing. But look, the Second Amendment is in place; shall not be infringed. The ATF has gone beyond the scope of what their charter was originally allowed to do. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. To me, disbanding, it isn't that I don't believe we need uh, legislation on guns or that we need legislation or we need, uh, you know, an operational entity like the FBI. But we sure as hell don't need the current FBI and the current ATF in the way they've been formed and molded. Uh, man, your thoughts on Second Amendment uh, shall not be infringed, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, entirely. I mean, first of all, I mean, the Second Amendment really is the one that backstops all the others. And it's one of those things where you really can't get in charge. Um, because every little inch you give, the left's going to take a mile. They will. And that's what the ATF does, is they legislate outside of the Democrat, democratic process. So they'll create some sort of legislation if we want to ban suppressors or some kind of pistol grip or, or whatever else they want to do. And then they, you know, the only way for us to fight back against that is in court. I think that the ATF has so far exceeded its actual authority that the, the best response really is for uh, for it to be disbanded, for Congress to defund it. You know, we can uh, we can promote or we can uh, we can help law enforcement in other ways through separate legislation. But I think that the the ATF has gone so far beyond uh, its authority. And remember, the, the, the most important thing to remember about the Second Amendment also is that we talk about it in the context of hunting regularly because that's how most people uh, use guns. I'm a big hunter. I grew up on a um, have been shooting guns since I was as long as I can really. um, But the Second Amendment has nothing to do with it. It's about standing up ultimately against the tyrannical government. And whenever that government is uh, infringing on our Second Amendment, uh, as the ATF is doing, I, I do think we need to get rid of it. Yeah. George, Second Amendment, brother, what do you think? It's here to stay. It's never going away. If we didn't have our Second Amendment, can you just imagine?
what this democratic tyrannical government would be doing to us right now. The only reason they don't do go any further is because we have 2A. That's plain and simple. So it's there to protect us from, just like the British, what they wanted to do, taxation without representation. And right now, we really do have taxation without representation because they're not representing us. They're representing their personal interests and um, big money interests, big pharma. All those people donating money. It's just... Yeah. It has to go. Yeah, it's crazy the amounts of money that are used to actually have to run for office, the crazy amounts you need in your war chest. When you start thinking of presidents and you start thinking that these are billion-dollar campaign needs, it's ridiculous, right? I've always felt as though uh, the congressional members, House of Representatives, and the Senate, and the President of the United States are underpaid. I believe that's where the corruption comes from because when you have these uh, – deep pocket lobbyists that get to come into D.C. And let's face it, you take an individual that's only making $170,000, $180,000 a year and he's required to travel back and forth and there's all these other expenses that go along with it. I've always thought that what should happen is there should be uh, required financial transparency by congressional members of Congress that they can be audited at any time, you know, random drug screening, et cetera, because they should be living by the laws of the land just like they require the people to. But the, the, the pay should be much higher because I think the, 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 this, this, this corruption that occurs when they get offered book deals and they get offered super PAC money or dark money, it's, it, you know, it's tough because I think that, that these numbers don't make sense that they're currently getting paid. But that's my own opinion. It's not something I actually going to ask you about. But what I am going to ask you about is foreign wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during Trump, we didn't have any of that. We're back to uh, this Ukraine war that nobody believes in. Many people believe that uh, Putin is a white hat, not that he's a white hat, but he's pro-Russia. Ukraine, the bio labs, uh, and lots of other things, human trafficking, the corruption within Ukraine that George and I are very clear about after having Simona Mangianti Papadopoulos on here. We've also investigated lots of stories about offshore bank accounts. We've had some people within the NSA that have told us that right now, currently Zelensky has 1.6 plus billion in offshore bank accounts that he's stolen from the Ukrainian people. He spent crazy money in Rizban, uh, Israel, for his parents for home, $8 million for residence there. They bought uh, property in Switzerland. Uh, you, we've seen large amounts of cash being removed by members of his cabinet. They've gotten caught a couple of times. Uh, you know, so foreign wars is a question. We got, again, we've got, you know, Hamas and Israel. And, you know, I believe that all these countries should be able to defend their borders. And, and I think it's important, right? Right now, what Yemen is doing in attacking, uh, you know, firing on U.S. cargo ships and the rest of it, that would be U.S. policy once you start to bring the U.S. people in. But my concern is we're constantly involved in other people's wars, and yet we can't get our own house in order. I mean, two hundred plus billion in funding for Ukraine and still going. And they still plus want more. They say they still they're losing the war now. Finally, saying they need more funding. And they've depleted our military stockpiles of armament, our oil reserves. Uh, we've heard some crazy stuff. We don't know what's necessarily one hundred percent true. But we've heard some crazy stories about Ukraine and the U.S. Navy being uh, the individuals that that did the attack on the pipeline in Europe. Uh, you know, Nord Stream 2. So what's your thoughts on foreign wars? 
Uh, you know, obviously, we, we appreciate Israel's position. We think they should be able to defend. But I got to be honest, man, I'm tired of funding all these foreign wars. If these guys want to get into a fight, why don't they deal with it? And why don't we put that money into our own country? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, generally speaking, the United States has had a policy of basically implementing forever wars nonstop. I mean, we've been at war for a, a good portion of my lifetime. Um and I think that that's the influence of, of the Uniparty, which you mentioned earlier. It's a more's a lucrative industry, for one. But I, I think that um, we've gotten into a habit of getting involved in every corner of the globe anytime something bad happens. And we, we get involved without being able to define why we're getting involved or what victory actually looks like. I think that's the question I want to ask in Ukraine is, you know, sure, we don't want uh, Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. We're adamantly against that. But what does what does victory look like for us if we're going to be diluting or, or just emptying our treasury um, into a country that, frankly, uh, a few years ago was well known to be one of the most corrupt countries on the globe? It was a place that we know Hunter Biden has been very, very involved in in a very lucrative way for himself. So what does victory look like uh, there? And then secondly, um, what are the costs and benefits of this war? Um, how much, you know. How much are we willing to spend there? Are we willing to put boots on the ground? Because right now it seems like there's no mission in Ukraine. Um, nobody can can really define what path to peace looks like, um, it, particularly on the left and on, on the sort of warmongering right. And I think that we've, we've got to think clearly about why we're involved uh, on every corner of the globe. To, to be clear, also, I, I will add, I don't think we should... Uh, send enough dollar to Ukraine. I don't think that that is. Uh, I, I don't think that that is worth bleeding America's treasury, running up a massive deficit here. And I don't think that our our uh, national interest really is uh, is involved in that. Yeah, interesting. No more wars. So, Lance, I want to I want to hit on a topic because especially that he's a new father and he's got that beautiful baby girl. How do you, you know? We see what's going on in our educational systems. And, like, you know, we got drag queen story hour, you know, they're allowing um, kids to transition. You know, you don't even have to get parental consent. I mean, all these ideologically agendas that they're pushing in the schools, you know, where our institutions are being hijacked by radical ideologies, you know, undermining critical thinking as, you know, it's just, it's all Marxism. And they want to indoctrinate these kids from a young age. To have them do what they want as they get older. Our whole education system is broken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't want to teach the kids a constitution They don't recommend to abort them first. The first right. it's abortion, and then they take them into these ideologies where they want to control our education system and cram it down the throats of our kids. Pronouns? Are you freaking kidding me with this? And 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 drag stream story hour? I, let me tell you, if my daughter was in school and they did that, I would probably be in jail because I would have gone in there and... I, and I would I would have risked my freedom because I literally would have just gone in there and probably beat the crap out of the principal for allowing it to happen. That, that's it's like ridiculous, yeah. right? That's like somebody going to Marigold, Marigold, and telling and saying he the or it. I mean, no, 
She, right. woman, Marigold, that's yeah, who yeah. she is, you well, know? Well, the DEI agenda, it's another piece, Brandon, and then we're going to let you go. I didn't mean to step on you there, but DEI are financial institutions forcing this down. And we've seen Mark Cuban and at, on, uh, engaging with Elon Musk. He said, you know, because Elon Musk said, well, if you really support DEI, why don't you... Why don't you have this short Asian woman play on your Mavericks basketball team? <laughs> of course, C Cuban is coming back with a bunch of BS because he's part of the problem, not part of the solution. So go ahead, man. It, this this topic really infuriates me, so I'll try to compose it, myself. It, it, it does to me, too. And it, I mean, DEI is essentially just a, a new form of racism. It is flagrant racism against white people. We've got to be very clear about that. Um and it, and it is interrelated to CRT. It's interrelated to actually the trans agenda as well. You know, I, I always think if you want to, uh, if you want to go teach my little daughter Marigold that she was born in the wrong body, um, or if you want to try and perform some kind of transgender uh, on, on little children, I, I think you're going to find out real quick what the Second Amendment is and another reason why we have it. Because we've got to protect our children from this stuff. This is some of the most dark and depraved um, ideologies that we're forcing on our children, whether it's dividing them by race or teaching them that that uh, they were born in the wrong body, it's really disgusting. Yeah, and and it's brainwashing, right? It's brainwashing mm -hmm. of the American people. You know, these Karens on the left. You know, there's a real mental health crisis here in the U.S. At the end of the day, th there's some serious insanity. I often look at these videos from TikTok and other you know topics. What do you think about TikTok? I mean, to me. It's a Chinese brainwashing tool. I think it should be banned, honestly. I know a lot of people are monetizing off of it, but the, 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 when you look at China's version of TikTok, they're solving math equations. They're doing calisthenics. They're not allowed to post any dumb dances in the middle of Home Depot or people that want to talk to our <laughs> children about, if your parents won't talk to you about homosexuality, I will. I mean, at the end of the day, it's garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. And I think it's intentional conversion by the chinese i think this is their you know this is the red book of mao whatever whatever you can micro inch you along to the failure of the uh you know of your opponents or your enemies is part of the plan so uh, your thoughts on TikTok, and then i know we well, used a ton of your time i want to give you a chance to promote your channels and george i'll wait, let you comment on. i TikTok just want to add something to TikTok yeah. before so i don't know if a lot of people know like a lot of these tvs um coming from china uh, they, yeah. you know, smart TVs, they have the TikTok yeah. on there, and, I don't, and you can't get rid of it. You can't delete it off there. Yeah, so they have it on the TVs they're sending here. Yeah. But, of course, their version is different. So, Over here, we've got to look at some guy with blue hair in a dress dancing and threatening conservatives. So you have to think, like... I mean, are you freaking kidding me? If, you know... They just buy app and all that, but and if it's on our TVs and it's doing what they what every what we think it's doing, and we can't get rid of it, I don't think these TVs should even be allowed in this country. Then, I mean, I think that TikTok is it is cultural rot. It's poison, and it, it you know it reminds me of we as conservatives oftentimes think that um, certain areas of the public sphere or, or wherever, particularly in in the public arena, um, we can be neutral in there. And the reality is, is that there is no value neutral. Um, if you're not going to raise your kids, somebody else will. And you can see the kind of people who are raising our children yes. on TikTok, and it's disgusting. Um, I think that there's a lot that needs to be done there. All right, Brandon. So give us where people can find out more about you on social media, where they can come and support you. 
And then don't go anywhere when we go backstage. I've got a message from Steve Stern for you, so I want to pass that on. So we'll do that after the show. Steve Stern was on the show yesterday, if you guys want to know. Great American patriot. So give him all the info, what's coming up, appearances you're going to be doing. Give me the whole shtick. Yep. Listen, I'm, I'm all over the district right now. We're in Texas 26. This is the area north of the Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, Dallas Worth area. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Real Brandon Gill. I've also got a large Facebook presence. But the biggest thing, if you want to learn more about me and my campaign, go to BrandonGillForCongress.com. And the last thing I'll say is, um, unfortunately, as you mentioned, campaigns are very expensive. Um, I've been endorsed by President Trump. I've been endorsed by several members of the Freedom Caucus, as well as the Freedom Caucus itself. Um, I'm going to fight. But we've got to be able to get this message out so we can get this campaign across the finish line. So if anybody would like to contribute to my campaign, you can do so on the website. There's a little dollar sign on the top right uh, of the website where you get that will take you to a degree to contribute. We appreciate anything, um, whether it's five, ten, fifteen dollars, anything you can do to help really does help us get our message out and get get this across the finish line. Yeah, yeah that's great. I'll put all your links in um edited version in the more in um Rumble and everything will be there. We actually all um, your links have been put in the chat throughout this um whole time by our mod, so everybody's seen it. So listen our right. sponsors want it once again, Beard Vet Coffee, and that's beardvet.com. Twelve ninety nine for a twelve ounce bag. You can get a subscription. Great products. Obviously, you guys know they have Curry's. They have tumblers, George, tumblers. They have coffee cups. That's George and I's inside joke because I was using the wrong term for tumblers. It was a term we used to use in New York for it. But anyway, at the end of the day, uh, you want to support these guys because they support America first. Also, uh, you want to support the guys over at ideaordie.com. I think this is a great company. I think it's going to be huge on X. Get in there, get in early, become part of the team. We appreciate everything they do for us. And of course seaofmud.com another great group that's without that support who can do it if you want and again without people like sea of mud uh supporting this show they make it easier we put it all into growth you guys know that this isn't about money for us we're trying to improve the content we're trying to distribute bigger bigger and bigger all the time we're available in 20 languages thanks to george on available on 10 languages on rumble so our international presence is growing along with people like tommy robinson uh, so listen, if you want to sponsor the Big Mig Show, GB at TheBigMig.com or LM at TheBigMig.com. We're always looking for a couple of like-minded supporters for the show. It's going to allow us to get our message out further and educate and unify the country. Uh, also, Rich Esparza, at Rich Esparza on Getter and on True Social. Make sure and follow him. George Ballantine on Getter, True Social, Gab. Linked IN, also the big MIG on those same platforms, and Lance Miliacho on the same platforms. And of course, on X, G Ballantine, because they won't give him the extra character. They, you know, I think it's a little racist because it's Italian heritage. Uh, yep. The big MIG show and Lance Miliacho. And please comment, like, subscribe, thumbs up. We're also over on locals. Same thing. We can use your financial support and subscriptions. So that's it, George. Wait, one last question. Else? I got to ask him a question. So we're looking at your wallpaper. Are you Scottish? I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm 100% American. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, we, I, we know my that. Wife, my wife has great aesthetic taste. That's what I'll say. 
Okay. I, I want to tell you something. I have, only because of your Christmas shots, I've seen some shots of your house. She is a decorating machine. Her her style, uh, you know, <laughs> I saw the Christmas tree. I think that was your entryway, right? Where you that, took the that shot. That was uh, at my father-in-law's house. Well, she she's picking up from her mom because Dinesh's <laughs> house is also styly as shit. I mean, it's uh, it, it's running in the family. You guys definitely have the interior decorating down. It looks great. Uh, great Christmas shots. Anyway, George, you want to take us out? Any last I will, words because that, that for the family, Big Mig Mafia? That family pa that uh, wallpaper resembles the um, Scottish from the family Tartan, I believe. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, listen, I'm American too. I was born here, but my family, you know, they immigrated. Same as Lance's, I believe. So everybody, yep, we'll yep. see you. Island. We'll see you Wednesday night, seven p.m. Eastern time. Be there. Y'all have a great day. Enjoy it. Be safe. Let's Thanks. go, Brandon. Texas 20, 28, right? 26. 26. 26. Let's go, 26 Brandon. district. Let's right, go, Brandon. Stick around for a minute, Texas Brandon. 26. All right, see you all later. guys. Thank you. for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet founded, vet focused, and beard operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. 
duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now.